Hello and welcome. This is the LCU Podcast, a podcast that will bring you stories, insights, and people from Lubbock Christian University. I'm your host, Keegan Stewart, and I'm happy to be with you for another episode. On today's episode, I visited with Dr. Stephen Limley. Dr. Limley is one of the giants in LCU's history. He served as the university's fourth president, served as a faculty member in communication for many years. Earlier this spring, after he announced his retirement, he was named Distinguished Professor Emeritus. I spoke to him about his life, leadership, and entire career journey. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dr. Stephen Limley. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Limley. Well, thank you for the invitation. I appreciate the opportunity to be in a project with you. Well, it's uh, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time, and I'm glad that that we finally get to do it. Doing it this year feels appropriate with a mm. lot of exciting things happening in your life and celebration that got to take place in the last spring semester. We'll get to some of that a little bit later, but just really, really thankful you're here. So what we want to do is kind of go through your life, your experiences, your career, mm. and that's that's kind of the journey that we're going to go on today. So with that being said, I, I want to start out with your upbringing. You, okay. You grew up in New Mexico. New Mexico, yes, up in the northwest corner, not far from where you grew up. Not terribly far, not that's right. Me and you were both yeah. New Mexicans, yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, the, the, um, I, I grew up um, next to a refinery, Southern Union Gas Company refinery, uh, near Bloomfield, which is near Farmington, which is not very far from Durango, Colorado, which is what, you know, a lot of people have been there and kind of know where that is. Uh, and it was, uh, it, it was um, uh, li- living next to a refinery was um, an important part of my growing up because my dad was the superintendent of the refinery. And so I watched him as I was growing up, as he did his work, um, and um, that was uh, that was very interesting for me, and probably taught me a great deal. He was a man. He was he was a person who, when there was an emergency at the refinery, our our house was not next immediately next to it, but uh, within certainly within sight of it. And um, if there was an emergency, he would get a call. And um, he would head off walking fast and sometimes mm. running uh, to get there, which was an interesting example for me in terms of uh, one's commitment to a job, sure. for example. Um, yeah, I, uh, and, um, I was in the school system in Bloomfield from the first grade all the way through high school. And uh, it, was a, it was a good it was a good school. Um, I felt like when I was done with it that uh, I had benefited greatly from it. And um, I, I did a little bit of athletics uh, in junior high and uh, also in the first year of, of high school, but just felt like I needed to give all my attention to getting ready to go to college someday. Hmm. Uh, and that was uh, kind of in the family's um, DNA uh, to uh, to think like that. It was an it was an education to grow up there. Um, 
as you know, uh, it was not it was not far from the Navajo reservations, mm-hmm. and uh, I was acquainted with uh, with Navajo people in the Navajo tribe, Indians in the Navajo tribe, had friends in the school who were, and I think that was an important part of of my um, education, uh, and. Um, uh, well, let's see. What else can I say about this? Um, when you were in, when you were in high school, were yeah. you involved in certain things that that started to, you know, point you toward mm-hmm. leadership mm-hmm. or help you develop your leadership qualities? Well, I don't know if this goes with leadership, but sitting here in front of this microphone is a reminder of the fact that what I wanted to do from about the age of thirteen on was to be in radio. Hmm. And uh, lo and behold, uh, when I was uh, a um, sophomore in college, in in high school, actually began a Saturday night uh, 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 adventure at a radio station that had just gone on the air, uh, uh, 250 watts, not very, not very uh, much in the way of distance, but... uh, and I and I worked uh, just to to, to uh, put it uh, briefly. I actually wound up in high school working at two different radio stations mm-hmm. on the air, which was a wonderful experience. It wasn't much of a wonderful experience for our listeners, I don't think, <laughs> <laughs> but but it certainly was for me, and I learned so much in the process of doing it. So was that one of the seeds that? was planted that ultimately brought you into this career of communication? I suspect it had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I'm, I'm sure that it did. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I'm sure. I wish we could have some of your recordings from your old days uh, being DJ. I'm afraid they don't exist. They don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great learning about your, your upbringing in New Mexico in, in high school. I'm interested to learn how you first got connected with Lubbock Christian College. Yeah. That's where you attended as a freshman. But how did you learn about it and ultimately make that decision to move from New Mexico to Lubbock? Yes. Well, um, we, we, were, we were members of uh, uh, one of the churches in Farmington, uh, Church of Christ in Farmington. My family was. My parents were. My dad was a leader in the church. And uh, there were young men and women older than I was, but they had been here as students. And they began to come to me and say, Steve, you need to go to Lubbock Christian College. Uh, and really pressed, uh, really pressed hard on that and told me about it, told me stories about it. It sounded pretty good. But uh, my family history was all connected with Abilene Christian College at the time, mm. uh, university later, um, and um, so I uh, went to summer school at uh, Abilene Christian after graduating from high school, and um, it was good. It was a good experience, but something about it just told me I needed to look somewhere else, and then I remembered. Uh, all of those friends who had been at Lubbock Christian, who loved it, uh, who told me stories about it, 
And uh, I just thought, I think maybe that's what I should do. I should, uh, I should go to Lubbock Christian College, which was, at that time, a two-year college, mm. a junior college. So I uh, came and uh, had a really great experience um, here as a, as a student and um, got to do a lot of different things, was in the a cappella uh, chorus, uh, was in student government, um, did pretty well in my academics, uh, and uh, had some excellent professors. I look back on them now, and uh, I'm appreciative of what they did for all of us uh, as students in a junior college in who, Lubbock. Who were some of those people that uh, were a part of your education experience that you looked up to, part of the staff, faculty, administration? Well, I, I, would, be, I would mention, first of all, a, a professor in the Bible department. I was not a major in the Bible. I was a major. I majored in history. But his name was Casey Mosier. He was, he was the oldest among the faculty. Uh, but um, he, was, he was so... I don't know, so warm and, uh, and so uh, committed uh, to the gospel of Christ and the way in which he presented it in classes that I took from him. Uh, that, was very, that was a very important piece of the whole thing. In the a cappella chorus, Wayne Hines was the director, and uh, that was a great experience. He was, he was uh, certainly fair, but he was also demanding in terms of how you behaved and, and how you performed. And, uh, and I really learned a lot from Dr. Hines, uh, who uh, provided us with a way forward in the music industry uh, if we ever wanted to do it, which I did not choose, but loved being in the a cappella chorus, traveling with them, uh, singing uh, and learning to sing, and learning music, uh, which was uh, an important part of my time as a student at Lubbock Christian College, the junior college. You also met your wife while being a student. That was LCC. the most important find. There you go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yes, Emily uh, had grown up in Lubbock. Her father was the uh, minister at the Broadway Church of Christ as she was growing up. And uh, she moved with her family to Los Angeles, where he had been invited to be the uh, president of Pepperdine, what then was Pepperdine College. Uh, she lived with her family on the campus of Pepperdine, which was in near downtown Los Angeles in those days. I mm. mean, what we think of now when we think of Pepperdine is you know, beside the ocean and all of that, but it was not in those days. It was a nice campus, but, and um, she, um, uh, we, well, I will just say we fell in love, um, and that was in our second year, mm. our, our sophomore year, that uh, we began to really look at each other and say, oh, you look pretty good for <laughs> uh, a deeper friendship. Right. And, um, we developed the friendship, and, and uh, eventually we knew that um, we were perhaps meant for each other. And uh, when the time came for me to transfer out of Lubbock Christian College, um, Emily uh, 
whose whose father was at that time still president at Pepperdine, uh, was going back there to finish her education. And I tried to convince her that we should both go to Abilene. And mm. she said, no, I won't go. <laughs> uh, and so I said, I won't go either then. <laughs> and so I, I wound up uh, going to Pepperdine as well for my last two years and for a master's degree in that campus location in downtown Los Angeles. Um, now, what am I telling you here? I guess I'm uh, just telling you that it was very important uh, that I became acquainted with a girl named Emily Young, and that she became that she became aware of me, and uh, we liked each other, and then we just realized that we were in love, mm. and uh, we still are. That's uh, so wonderful. Uh, after uh, after over, well, what is it? It's getting close to 60 years. Close to 60. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about that? Well, I love thinking about you saying, hey, let's go to LCC. It was a two-year school, so you got to go elsewhere yeah. to finish. You said, how about Abilene? And she said, no, how yeah. about Pepperdine? Yeah. Which you, and we'll get to some of this later, end up having significant uh, connections at Pepperdine. That, well, that's true. That work out for you professionally, and I can't help but wonder. It all, it all kind of came together right. uh, in a way. Yeah, how would I have ever done that if I hadn't been a student there? Right. Uh, first of all, yeah. That's a cool story. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you this. So, if while you were a student at LCC, yes, if one of your friends, peers would have came up to you and said, "Hey, Steve, you're going to be president of this place someday," what would you have said to them? I would have said, "Oh, I hope not." <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I would have said that, but I surely would have d- dismissed the thought, dismissed the idea. Um, I would not have guessed that that would uh, be a part of my life later on. Because you were interested in, in what? You said you were a history major. You said uh, you had interest in radio. Yeah, mm-hmm, that's right. And um, really uh, thought that And every summer I went back and worked at the radio stations um, and uh, I really did think that that might be a career. But the more I did it, the less I thought that it was going to be a good career. Um, and um, I didn't know what I would want to do. It really uh, took, me, it took me a while to figure out uh, what direction to take. And um, so, no, I would not have. <laughs> if anybody had approached me in that way, I'd have said, that'll never happen. Walk us through the next uh, several years after y'all go to Pepperdine. Mm-hmm. You're you're finishing your bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. and then you ultimately have a you have a history with Ohio State. That's right. So can you connect the pieces for us there? Well, Ohio State was one of the um, institutions that offered the PhD in communication and was uh, really widely known for its quality. And that just seemed like a good place to to go if I could get admitted, which I did, when I applied to Ohio State in their doctoral program. Uh, And we were kind of, um, I mean, we were married at the time, of course, and uh, we were kind of ready to, to leave California and go somewhere else and see what life would be like. So we spent, 
let's see. I, I guess we spent the better part of the the, the, the better part of four years in um, in Columbus, Ohio, near the campus of Ohio State. And you were going to school, and what was Emily doing? What was Emily doing? Well, let's see. She was having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our first child was born. You know David. You bet. Yeah, he was born in Columbus, okay. Ohio. Okay, okay. Yeah. And so the next the next chapter of your life, you get your PhD. Mm-hmm. I like the way you did it, by the way. You said, I'm going to get all the school done just consecutively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're... You're 26 years old, yeah. you have your PhD, and you're ready to hop into the professional mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And Pepperdine came calling. Uh, yes, more or less. Um, because uh, at that point, at exactly that moment, Pepperdine uh, w- was uh, finishing the construction of its campus in Malibu. And um, it was maintaining its campus in Los Angeles. And but they couldn't. They couldn't have the same people working at two different mm. campus uh, locations, and so they were bringing in additional people. Um, a uh, a person who had become not only a friend but was also an important teacher for me, and uh, a wonderful example as a preacher uh, here in Lubbock was Bill Bonoski. I don't know if you know, if you're familiar with that name or not, but uh, he was an outstanding person and he had been named president of Pepperdine. And as I was getting ready to leave Ohio State, uh, he approached me as I was visiting uh, in Los Angeles and he happened to run across me and he said, Steve, we're going to need you to come and work with us at uh, the new campus location. And I didn't know exactly what I would be doing, but I met um, a person named Bob Thomas, who probably is not well known here. But uh, he had been at um, he had been at uh, another uh, Christian uh, institution, but they had they had invited him in to be dean of students. And um, when Bill Bonoski approached me and said, we need you. I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, we've been needing an associate dean of students to help Bob Thomas. I had no idea what that was going to be like. Mm. Uh, but uh, I accepted that. I accepted that job. Uh, did it for a while and also was asked to teach uh, classes. And I did. Uh, it was a good experience. I learned a great deal about, about administration from Bob Thomas, who had been in, in administration himself for a good many years at other institutions. And I enjoyed working with him. I was in charge of chapel. Mm. Uh, they put me in charge of chapel, and that was a challenge. Uh, certainly was. And uh, I did that, and I taught the classes and all of that was good, and it kind of it kind of came to a point where uh, it seemed like it was time for us to move on to a different uh, experience, and it was at that point that Lubbock Christian was uh, was interested in in our coming back here, and so we did. 
So how did that, how did that come to be? You're in, you know, you're 26 years old, you work, mm. you're back at Pepperdine mm -hmm. and you work there essentially until 1978 mm -hmm. or so. Yeah. So how did, how did LCC get in touch with you and what did that process look like from y'all's perspective? You know, it's, it's, uh, I, I guess, uh, that in a way we tend to forget things in detail, but, um, we had loved being students at Lubbock Christian College, um, and, uh, I had uh, had a great experience uh, as a student at Pepperdine. One of the things that I did while there was to do what then was their Year in Europe program. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I lived for a semester in uh, Germany, Heidelberg, yeah. Germany, which was useful. Um, and um, what, uh, what, I, what I learned was that um, after, after working with Bob Thomas as dean of students— uh, for a while, I was appointed dean of students uh, at, at Pepperdine and right. served that for a couple of years, 76 to 78. And um, then uh, was approached, and I can't remember exactly who did it or how it happened or exactly when, but I was approached because I had a doctorate in communication and uh, uh, LCU, uh, LCC, was uh, inviting me to come and uh, uh, step into that step into that role here, uh, which I was ready to do, ready to make a, a change, and um, served as a faculty member uh, here from uh, 1978 to 1982, um, and um, at 1982, things began to change all over again. Uh, I had I had enjoyed my teaching, uh, had um, really made a lot of good contacts with students and uh, with the colleagues on the faculty. And um, uh, 1982, which I think you're about to ask me about, <laughs> um, something happened that uh, was uh, a bit of a surprise. So the presidency becomes open. LCC needs needs a new president. Yes. Uh, Harvey Pruitt had done a wonderful job as president of, of um, Lubbock Christian College. And uh, he reached a point at which he was ready to stop. And I was on the faculty here at the time. And um, he uh, approached me and said, Steve, I think uh, that the uh, board may be interested in you to take the position later on. And I said, oh, I don't think so. I don't think that'll happen. And he said, well, if it does happen, just remember that I told you. <laughs> uh, and um, as the, oh, I had, had I had been before that the academic dean for a couple of years okay. here at Lubbock Christian. Um, and so, therefore, I went to all of the board of trustees meetings uh, as an administrator. And uh, I, I was um, getting ready to uh, go to a meeting of the board of trustees walking across campus. And there was a board member who was um, also walking across campus to the meeting. And he called me over and said, uh, Steve, uh, what would what would you think about uh, 
being our next president. And I said, well, I guess I would think about it. <laughs> and he said, well, it's a good thing because you're in. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was the search. <laughs> that was the search in 1982 uh, for, the, uh, for the next president. Uh, and um, I had to think it over and talk it over with Emily, and we just decided, yes, if they offer that position, uh, let's just take it. And so we did. How about that? Yeah. And uh, 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 that uh, that involved that involved a real interview with the board of trustees. Okay. The, the board wasn't careless; they wanted <laughs> they wanted to know if I could speak the English language, I guess. Mm. But anyway, that was a good that was a good experience to interview with the board. Do you remember the feeling you had, Doctor Limley, when that first day, like, oh. I'm I'm president of LCC now. Do you remember some of those feelings that you had, or what you remember about that day? Hmm. I, you know, I I don't remember exactly about the first day, but there were some things that I knew for having worked here for a time on the faculty, and one of the things that I knew was that I was among some very fine people who were members of the faculty and staff here. I knew just about all of them. They, are all, they were all very kind to me, and uh, they were all uh, supportive of my uh, becoming the president. And I also, got, had, uh, I also was uh, able to get to know the members of the Board of Trustees, and it was a fine group of men and women. Uh, a fine, a very fine group, and uh, I felt that I, I felt that whatever happened, I had a lot of support, mm. uh, and and did, uh, and uh, uh, in my first day, I knew I wasn't going to be just doing the job by myself. Mm. That I had I had people around me uh, who were going to be supportive as much as they could be. Also, I had studied without really ever thinking about becoming a college president, I had still studied two people uh, in, their, in their work as presidents, and one happened to be Emily's father, mm. who had been president of Pepperdine at one time, and I got to know him very well, of course. Um, and he told stories and talked about the difficulties of it. This was before I was even considering the possibility uh, but, you know, he had had his ups and downs, and he was very open about that, so I knew something about it. And then also, Bill Bonoski, who had been uh, a professor of mine when I was an LCC student, uh, he taught a, a course called homiletics, which was preaching, and uh, that was while he was the minister at the Broadway Church of Christ. He had his doctorate as well, and... Um, uh, and uh, so uh, I knew him well, and uh, I, had, I had observed him in his work. So I had been exposed, I guess you could say, I had been exposed to what the job of the president was really all about. And one of the things I knew was it was really all about getting the money hmm. to, you know, to uh, have a quality uh, institution. And I had watched both Norval, Emily's uh, father, and Bill Bonoski as they raised money and how they went about doing it. 
So I had some role models uh, in terms of, uh, of, uh, of taking the job. Now, I couldn't equal either of them, uh, but I knew what the job was and uh, knew something about knew something about how to do it. Um, so, um, yeah, perhaps you have another question about uh, the, you mentioned fundraising. Mm-hmm. what I'm assuming that was in in here, but what else were some of your most prominent goals as you became president and and wanted to start? pushing LCC in a certain direction? Well, um, my feeling was that LCC was not fully understood or appreciated, even in Lubbock. Uh, We were here. We were relatively small. At that time, I think we were at about 800 to 1,000 students. Um, And, um, of course, we were here with Texas Tech down the street, and uh, Lubbock was really, at that point, um, if they were interested at all, they were going to be interested in the larger and better-known institution. So my uh, thought as I was going into it was, we need to do some things to make ourselves better known in Lubbock. Now, that relates to fundraising, but it's not just fundraising. Uh, we, we need for people to know who we are, what we are, how we, uh, how we, um, how we are working, and how we hope to, to go forward. Uh, and I think I think one of the important things that I uh, did, probably more important than I expected, was as just becoming president, I joined the Lubbock Rotary Club. Mm went to all of their meetings, worked among men particularly who were uh, well-known in the community and made friends with them. It was kind of the beginning. And they were, they were uh, supportive and interested in what I was uh, doing and what I was going to be expected to do as the president. But, uh, I, you know, I, I used their wisdom as well as I got to know them, and that was very helpful, um, and and uh, and very uh, and very important. One of the one of the things that uh, that happened that I think was very important in the history of Lubbock Christian College University was as its president and going to Rotary Club meetings. Uh, I began to realize that members of the Rotary Club assumed that we were still a junior college. Hmm. And I thought, well, we've got to we've got to be known we've got to be known better uh, in that way. And um, so I thought, well, we are here with Texas Tech University and we are here with South Plains College. How do we how do we get how do we get beyond the feeling that we're a junior college, because we weren't right. a junior college. We were a four year school. So after after a while, it just occurred to me we need to change our name, and uh, so we just without really asking anybody but the board of trustees if we could do this, we became Lubbock Christian University. Mm. 
And um, that came one day when I had just finished, or one week when I had just finished sitting by a friend at the Rotary Club meeting who was just astonished to discover that we were a four-year college. And I, I, I just thought then, we've got to change, we've got to change our image. And uh, that, was, that was what we did by becoming Lubbock Christian University, which en- entailed just hanging out our sign. <laughs> but I called the Southern Association uh, to be sure that that was okay. Sure. And uh, what the guy at the Southern Association told me was, we don't care what you call yourself just as long as you are doing what you claim you are doing. Hmm. And I said, well, we're already doing that. And he said, well, that's great. You are Lubbock Christian University. Uh, and I hope, that, I hope that new label goes well for you, and it certainly has. How did the campus receive that at the time? Was there, hey, this is, this is different, or was it well, excitement? What was it? You know, I think there were, I think there were uh, 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 several di- different uh, points of view that came out of that. Sure. And one was the, the, the people who had been here the longest— for Lubbock Christian College and had been here in the in the junior college days and were now in the senior college days. And uh, they were just a little bit suspicious of, of becoming Lubbock Christian University. That suspicion didn't last long, but it was just hard for them, having been here for decades, uh, to begin to think of themselves as working at Lubbock Christian University instead of LCC. Um, but for the most part, um, I think people were ready uh, to make that to make that movement, and um, it was um, it it worked well. And you said that entailed simply changing the sign out front. That was pretty much it. That's amazing. <laughs> they had yeah. to get had to get some marketing people to yes cross that off and rewrite it, huh? That's right. <laughs> yeah, we uh, that's right. We had to redo our. Uh, printed a material pretty oh, right. fast, yeah. Right, but uh, it did uh, really uh, give us uh, rather rapid, rapidly a different. Um, I don't know what you would call it exactly. A different image in the community of Lubbock, and I thought it was going to be important that the first place that we needed to be known and known for who we really were. Uh, was in Lubbock, mm. local. Um, and, um, well, it it worked out well for us, as, uh, as it turned out. What else are you most proud of, Dr. Limley, when you reflect on your presidency at LCC and LCU? What am I proud of? Um, well, I am I am proud of the quality of the people who worked with, that I worked with, um, and um, the quality of faculty members, many of whom are still, are still in the saddle here. Um, and um, I, I, I guess I think that uh, if I were thinking of, you know, what, what, what was what was so satisfying? It was to see the institution really pull together mm. and uh, to begin to try different things, uh, different degree uh, programs. Uh, some there were a few different degree programs established. Um, we also 
with uh, the change of our name, found it a little easier to recruit faculty, quality faculty. I would say a good many of whom are still here mm. um, and doing an excellent job. So you were president from 82 to 93. Yeah. Is that correct? 11 years. 11, 11 year presidency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, once again, this theme of your life, mm-hmm. Pepperdine called again. Yes. Well, uh, one, of the, one of the things that uh, it w- was very true, uh, a college presidency or a university presidency takes a lot out of a person. And uh, people uh, who do not work directly with them have difficulty in knowing that because the president uh, has to maintain a certain image in the community and with those that uh, he or she is raising funds from. Uh, And so the president may be pretty weary, pretty tired, pretty burned out. And uh, I guess I could say that that was pretty much uh, where I was after 11 years in the presidency. Uh, I was gone from home a great deal. I spent a lot of time in Dallas and Houston and Fort Worth and looking for people who could join us and uh, help us with our finances, as well as being local. Um, But um, I did a lot of traveling. I spent a lot of time in motels, Mm. which was no fun, (laughs) renting cars as I would fly into Dallas or Fort Worth or Houston or someplace, and then try to sell the institution to people, some of whom had never even heard of us. Um, and uh, but it 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 did bring it did bring some people to our board, who are still on our board, mm. and who are very important members of our board, and who are still important in terms of their uh, financial support. Uh, but I, I guess in, 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 uh, uh, in conclusion about that, I would say I was just pretty weary mm. of, uh, of the job. That's what happens to college presidents. <laughs> they do have a way of eventually, one way or another, kind of burning out. Well, uh, I had made friends with uh, uh, David Davenport, who at that time, during my time, Later time as president here, he became the president at, uh, at Pepperdine University. He was, an, he was a lawyer by trade. Uh, he had taught in Pepperdine's law school and had been selected as their president for some time before. Now, uh, we both attended meetings that were called annually of all the college Christian college presidents in various we would meet in Oklahoma City, we would meet in Lubbock, we'd meet in Abilene, we'd meet, you know, wherever, uh, wherever there was one of our uh, sister colleges, universities. And I, I um, uh, really uh, enjoyed conversations with him. Um, and uh, so as I, as I moved out of the presidency here, I don't remember exactly how it came about, but David uh, called me one day and said, would you like to come and interview uh, here uh, for a possible uh, for a possible role? And um, I said, yeah. 
So I went, I, I interviewed, and I don't exactly remember what the role was, but I just thought, I don't think I want to do this. Mm. Uh, so I came back home and uh, got a call from David. He said, well, what do you think? And I said, David, I, think, I don't think I want to do that particular job. And he said, well, uh, let's see if we can come up with another one. And um, so uh, I, was, uh, I was offered um, the job at Pepperdine of being provost, uh, which uh, uh, was a position that was just being um, left by a person who had been provost there. And it was, it was okay. Now, they looked at me, uh, some of the people at, at Pepperdine looked at me a little bit, uh, you know, thinking, now, how is this guy going to do this? He's from a smaller school uh, in Lubbock. He, wants, he, he is willing to come here and be the provost of a considerably larger and more complex institution. So there were some who had some doubt about it, and I had some doubt mm. about it, but it just worked out so well uh, as it turned out. Um, I enjoyed working with David Davenport, who was president. Um, and uh, as he left, Andy Benton became uh, the um, uh, president. I was uh, very glad to be able to work with him as well for a period of time as provost. So that's, uh, that's pretty much what I did. You became oh, provost was, and, and also got to teach courses in communication again? Yes. Yes, I was, again. I, yes, as provost, I was teaching. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and come to think of it, there was a point at which um, I stepped out of the provost job and for one year taught full-time okay. at Pepperdine. Yeah. You, did, you did that before, again, returning to LCU yes. in 2012. Yes. Okay. Came back to LCU in 2012 yeah. to teach. Excellent. Yeah, I love, the, I love the trend of your life. It's the way that these two institutions have been connected is a, is a really neat story. Yes, it's a, it is a story. I, I, I feel very blessed. I feel very, I feel very um, fortunate to have been able to work at both institutions. Um, I must say that the one that I love— <laughs> is this one, mm. um, and uh, I I respect and had a very good experience in working at Pepperdine, and have a sense of loyalty, having been a student there and having worked there. But uh, Lubbock Christian University is um, it's just in my heart, mm. and uh, whatever whatever uh, whatever the future holds in that regard, uh, I am thankful uh, to that we have been able to return here uh, and uh, to have taken up uh, largely a teaching role. Yes, and LCU is thankful that you're a part of its history and heritage as well. Largely what you've done since 2012 here, Dr. Limley, is be a professor of yes. communication. Right. What's your favorite thing about teaching and, and leading a college classroom? Oh, um I, I love the material. I love the, I love the material that goes with the communication major. And uh, what comes to mind is communication theory, which I, have, I think I have taught in every year um, before I left 
LCU or LCC while I was at Pepperdine and then coming back here mm-hmm. have taught it again. And I love, I love the, the material that goes with that. Um, and uh, I have really enjoyed uh, every class that I have been able to teach here, some of them for the first time and uh, some of them because I had taught them uh, before. Um, so it's been, um, it's been a, a, a really good experience since 2012. I, I have enjoyed it greatly. Earlier this year, uh, LCU celebrated uh, you yes. after the announcement that you would be retiring after yeah. serving for mm-hmm. 51 years yeah. in uh, Christian higher education. 51 years is a pretty long time. And actually, uh, there was a moment when I, I woke up one morning and I thought, how long have I been doing this? And I came up with 51 years and there was something in my head that said, haven't you done enough? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I really uh, didn't go to anybody and say, I'm, you know, I'm uh, retiring but I did, you know, I did let the the significant people know that I wasn't going to be long for the for the ride, as uh, I as I had been for a time, and as I still am, um, in, in in a way. But um, retirement uh, has come also with the blessing of uh, retaining. Uh, uh, a position that uh, is called emeritus. Yes, sir. Uh, I am emeritus professor, which means two things. One is a uh, has-been, and the other is <laughs> you can still do something for us if we need you. Mm. And uh, so I'm, uh, I am expecting to continue teaching maybe one uh, class every semester um, as, as an adjunct uh, professor. Excellent. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. Yes, sir. Last spring at a celebration dinner, you were named Distinguished Professor Emeritus, and, and you, you just mentioned that, of course. But what did that mean to you, hmm. getting to hear, hear that announcement on that evening? I didn't know that it was going to be announced in those terms, but it was. I was flattered that it was. Um, and, um, you know, I... I've I've had I still have aspect I still have an office. Um, mm. I'm still going to faculty meetings. Um, still turning up where I'm supposed to turn up and where I might be helpful. Um, and I'm glad to get to do it. Well, uh, we're glad that you still are doing it. I'll I'll speak for myself. There. Well, <laughs> uh, 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 perhaps you're the only one. <laughs> no, there is no no chance oh, there. Well. This episode here, uh, part of what we're doing is examining leadership, a look at leadership. Oh. So I just want a few, few questions on that, on that subject before we wrap up this episode. But what would you say makes a good leader? Well, um, a, a, a good leader is someone who knows and appreciates and respects those that they are uh, that they are supposed to be leading. I would say I would say without that, uh, there there is no there may be a leader in in title, but there is no leadership. Mm. Uh, a, a leader has to be someone who understands the people who are expecting their leadership, 
and who will provide what they can for those that are being led, as it were. I love the way that you put that. To conclude our conversation today, I want to ask you a broad question that might be easy, it might be hard. But Dr. Limley, what does LCU mean to you? It has been such an important part of my life, and I will say our life, including Emily, uh, since we were 18 years old. Um, and it's been, as we have just discussed, it has been off and on. I've been here and gone somewhere else and come back here and so on. But um, it's, it's, uh, it is built into my heart uh, in a way that nothing else uh, in my work life uh, has been equal to. Uh, it matters a great deal uh, to us. Um, and uh, we are we are just thankful every day that we have the opportunity to be here, even if it is for the second or third time, mm. uh, to be here and to be able to to see the development and the the direction of Lubbock Christian University, which I am very impressed by. And I am honored uh, to be a part of where this institution is heading. And by the way in which it has it is being led at this point in time. Well, thank you for everything that you have done for this institution. LCU is blessed to have crossed paths with you, Dr. Limley, and we're still very thankful that we get to still see you around. And personally, first as a professor, second as a colleague, mm -hmm. and and. Most importantly, as a friend, thank yes. you for everything that you have done yes. for me. I appreciate you greatly, sir. Well, thank you so much. I feel that we have a lot in common, and I appreciate the time that you have given uh, to putting this uh, moment together. Well, thank you for having this conversation and, and taking the time to do so. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the LCU Podcast. A big thank you to Dr. Stephen Limley for joining Really enjoyed that conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a like, a rating, and a review. And as always, stay tuned for more content coming right here on the LCU Podcast. Thanks for listening to LCU's podcast. For more content like this, go to lcu.edu.